Again, we are going through the book of Mark, Gospel of Mark, uh, we are now in chapter 6. Gospel of Mark, we are now in chapter 6. As we continue, I will read and then as I stop and give some, in, some comments that will give us some more insight. Like I said, there are some of these parables or miracles that we have preached on individually, like a healing miracles that people can refer to on our. On our video on demand, Gospel Distribution Evangelical Association is, is Gospel Distribution EA. If you search for that on any of the app stores, you will be able to see our app and then you can see all the live videos. Also, you can also see the video on demand and audio on demand sermons that we edify you. And you have some of them that have to do with uh, these miracles, even the Jairus daughter being healed or the miracle of the issue of the blood that was healed. Those are individual sermons that we take explaining, expansion of faith is exercised. So that is why I refer you as you listen to, to get our help. Gospel Distribution EA. E for Evangelical, A for Association. Gospel Distribution EA. If you type it on your App Store search, there's no space between Gospel and Distribution. It's Gospel Distribution EA. Search for it and it will come up the only app that is Given name Gospel Distribution EA, it's on the iPhone app store, it's also on the Android app store. Then, down put it, download it on your mobile app, mobile phone, and you can listen to all the sermons that we have. And those that I see in the future will be on that app that will be edifying to you. We have teachings on on this uh, different miracles that happen in the in the Bible, like the story of that we just read about the Jairus daughter. It's a sermon in itself. The story about the issue of blood that was seen by logical is a sermon in itself. That's why it's not part of this teaching on Mark. So that we just limited this to just teaching on the general gospel of Mark rather than going to individual sermons on each individual miracles. Now let's go to chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Talking about the logical. And, and he went out from thence, at least from the house of Jairus. And came into his own country. And his disciples follow him. When he says his own country, he's talking about maybe Nazareth, where he was raised. That's what he meant. Because Jairus, where he healed the, the woman, the daughter of Jairus, that was Capernaum, which is our last city. But still all Galilee. Now he said he came into his own country. Verse 2. And when the Sabbath day was come. He began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Now that is typical of people that they know you when you are being raised 
they were familiar with you when you are growing up. You are not a minister of anything, then you are just. And the Lord Jesus Christ was a carpenter because Joseph, the husband of Mary, which by now, by the time Jesus Christ started his ministry, we, have, we believe that Joseph, the husband of Mary, has died and passed on. And but Jesus Christ was an adult by that time and he, he took over the carpentry work. So that's why they call him the carpenter. So Joseph has died, but the carpentry work that Joseph was doing, it was where Jesus Christ was raised in that carpentry shop. So he took over the work of the carpenter. Before he started the ministry, maybe at the age of 27, 28, 20, 25, 27, maybe he was the carpenter, maybe he was the carpenter for the past few years. Before he left the carpenter work and go and went out to, to start preaching or to, to go and fast, to baptize, fasted and they started preaching. So they still recognize him to be, oh, that carpenter, when he came to his own town, Nazareth. So that's why, they, that's what Mark was reporting here, that he came to his own country. And the people that knew him and said, well, is that not the carpenter? His brother is this, his other brother is that, his other brother is that, and his sisters. The, his mom is Mary, Mary was still alive, maybe older, old by now, but uh, she was uh, the mother. And the other daughters and sons of Mary were all the ones they were naming. You know, one of them was James, another was Joseph, another was Judah, another was Simon. So these people say, we know his brother, where did he get this power? All this training. We know he was not in the Bible college anywhere. So, where did they, so that was where, and they said they were offended at him. I mean, they were dis, disbelieving. Verse 4. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own king, and in his own house. Verse 5. Is, is, and he could dare do no mighty work. He could dare do no mighty work. Is what I would say, that he couldn't do it. Not that he didn't want to do it. He said he couldn't. Which means, unbelief will disturb people that want to exercise their faith. Even don't believe for people that are around, that are listening to you, if they don't believe, you can't help them. That's what Jesus Christ just showed. He said he couldn't do any, he just said he didn't do, or he will not do. He just said he couldn't. Because their faith has to draw the anointing from him also. If they are unbelief, there's no way his anointing will be able to help them. So that's why the Bible says, he could there do no mighty work. The word cool means the power will not work here because they are not believing. It's said that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. So he said some few sick folk that were not, not too much sickness, he healed those. But the rest just didn't want to believe. Just think of it, somebody that was on a wheelchair and you wanted to pray for him. And he said, no, 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 thank you, thank you, I don't need that. There's no way you can help him. You can't force him to get out of that wish here. Well, you know he was paralyzed, but you say, let me pray for you in the name of Jesus, you'll be well. He said, no, he said, no, no, I don't believe that. There's no way you can help him. No matter, even if you are the Lord Jesus Christ, you won't be able to help him because he just told you he doesn't believe that. So everything Jesus Christ did was because of the faith of those people that make his, his miracle to what he says, his power to work for them. So here in this example, he said, even in his own hometown, because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any much miracle. Can, can God force a miracle upon anybody? God does not force his will upon mankind. That's why he did not create Adam as a robot. He let his will with him. He just told him, don't do this. And if you go and do it willingly, then it's your, it's your, your, it's your responsibility. So the Lord God does not force himself upon man. 
That's why I say I stand at the door and knock. Satan and satanic spirits can force themselves into people. That's why they possess people and turn them mad and crazy. But God does not do that. God is a gentle spirit. Say, my yoke is easy, my body is light. So remember that. That makes a difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Verse 6. I'm reading Mark chapter 6 and now in verse 6. Christ, after he told that he couldn't do anything much in his own town of Nazareth, and he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. So the only thing he could do is to teach in the villages round about. So those who will listen to the teaching, maybe their faith can grow to the point that he could help them. Verse 7. And he called unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth by two and two, and give them power over unclean spirits. Now, before I go to that verse 7, remember. This is how Mark reported his, his experience when he went to Nazareth. The other apostle that reported it said that they actually turned violent against him when he went. Recording. Mark chapter 6 is what we were reading. Now, verse 7 is what we are Mark chapter Mark chapter 6 verse 7 and he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two and give them power over unclean spirits and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey save a staff only no script no bread no money in their purse but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats said unto them in what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till you depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet, for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Now, the this is how the Lord sent them out, according to how Mark reported it, sent them out two and two and said, if they won't receive them into any city they should shake their dust and it shall be more tolerable for Jerusalem and Gomorrah than for that city. I believe they went there and they were all received. There was no record that a city didn't receive them. Verse 12. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Verse 13. Now King Herod heard of him. For his name was spread abroad. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead. And therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Herod, King Herod thought uh, he believed in some fantasies and thought when the prophets resurrect, they will be having supernatural power. That was what he was believing. That was King Herod. So when he heard that this new minister is doing some signs and wonders that's much more than what John the Baptist was uh, noted for. He said it was John the Baptist that resurrected. So greater signs are coming out of him. Others said uh, that it is Elias. Others said it's a prophet. or well, one of the prophets. So the news was spreading like wildfire that this new rabbi is doing signs and wonders more than what anybody has ever had before. So they thought it must be one of those old prophets are racing with supernatural power. That is superb. Verse 16. But when Aaron heard this thereof, he said, It is John, whom I beheaded. He is risen from the dead. So Aaron was uh, what you call uh, superstitious. 
because he was the one that killed John the Baptist. And then some within some few months later, he was hearing another miracle worker that is he thought must be John the Baptist that resurrect and is doing signs and wonders much more than before. But seventeen is now going to tell us the story of what happened between Herod and John. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid all on upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Now that was something going on in the generation politics. The current Herod, the family, the Herod family, as the man that was Herod when Jesus Christ was born, had sons, and then one of them is the new Herod that was there when John the Baptist was preaching. And he had a brother that was also somewhere, a ruler somewhere else, that had a wife. And they, it's almost like this other, his brother divorced his wife and he went and married that woman. He liked the woman. Maybe they have been sleeping together before. So something like that was what was happening according to the story. So, it became a news or what we call scandal in the society and John the Baptist was giving his opinion not to Herod, maybe he was giving his opinion, people will ask him what do you think about that? look at what we had Herod did and John the Baptist was giving his opinion knowing that some people could come and ask him those questions to trap him when he gave his opinion they went and told Herod John the Baptist said this about you and that was really what and they tried to do the same thing about the Lord Jesus Christ that's why they came and asked him, what do you think about paying tribute to Caesar? If Christ has sided with the people that don't want to pay tribute, they will go and report him to the governor. He said people shouldn't pay tribute, but they couldn't do that because he told them that give what is Caesar to Caesar. So they couldn't take him for against anything against him. So that was the thing that perhaps they did against John. Some people, some Herodias or some Herodians came and tricked him and said, what do you think about what happened? This man had just married his brother's, uh, his brother's wife that he, the man divorced. He went and married him. What do you think about that? And he gave his opinion. And that's why he said, for John has said that it is not lawful for him to have his brother's wife. Aha, Herod now sent soldiers to go and arrest him. That was against the king. Verse 19, therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him also. I mean, Herodias was the wife of, the, of Herod who had that. John said, you shouldn't marry me. How dare him? So there, so Herod also asked something against John, but they say Herod himself was kind of respecting a prophet. But he arrested him anyway, but he just put him in prison. But Herodias wanted him killed. Therefore, Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, verse 20, knowing that he was a just man and an holy person, and observed him. And when he had him, he did many things and had him gladly. So he kind of said, okay. But we left him in prison, kept him in prison, but he he was looking for the right time to to kill him. While Herodias really wanted him killed right away. Verse 21. And when a convenient day was come that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains, and chief, chief estates of Galilee. And when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou will, and I will give it thee. And he swore unto her, Whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. 
Verse 24 says, And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And her mother, that's Herodias, she said, The head of John the Baptist. The woman had been wanting to kill John the Baptist all along, and Herod was not ready to kill him yet. And when the opportunity came, and she said, Ask anything from me. Maybe they already planned it anyway. And the girl said, What should I ask? And she said, Go and ask for the head of John the Baptist. So she came in straightway with haste unto the king and said, and asked, I will that thou give me by and by in a charger the head of John the Baptist. You wonder how old is this girl? Maybe 12 years old, who knows? Maybe 13 years old. And the king was exceedingly sorry yet for his old sake and for their sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded John the Baptist in the prison. As he beheaded him in the prison and brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb. Now, when we read this story, we wonder that, oh, my God, why didn't God just slay this wicked woman? Right away, you see, God does something. God is gentle. God is patient. Some of those people that are evil doers and wicked rulers, you wonder that they should be judged instantly so that the whole nation will know that this is God's judgment. See, these people are doomed for hell and lake of fire before their wickedness, unless they repent. So God sometimes will postpone instant judgment that people are expecting from to see on wicked doers or wicked rulers. God postponing it look like as if nothing happened to them. But see, they were doomed for hell and lake of fire. So don't don't imitate them. Don't envy them. Don't be don't be don't be discouraged to, to come to follow the Lord either. So because these people are in a slippery slope. They are on their way to hell and lake of fire. So that's why sometimes it look as if nothing happened to them. This woman just killed a prophet of God. Head of John the Baptist just caught his head on Herod killed the prophet of God. Don't look like God doesn't didn't do anything. But see, these people are, are, are reserved unto the lake of fire. So those who are on their way to fire, they don't get their instant judgment right here. But that is not the case for those who are believers. If you are one of them that is child of God on your way to heaven, any mistake or error or something like that could make you to have your instant punishment right here on earth. So that he's saving you from going to hell. Because if you serve your punishment right here, then you are still going to paradise and heaven. But if you don't serve your punishment here, and you look like God does not see this thing, you look like you are escaping the punishment, you look like nobody knows you are, you are so powerful, nobody can do anything about it, you are being reserved for hell and lake of fire, which is eternal, eternity. So that is one of the things that is, those rulers should be aware of, to be afraid of. When you do something wicked and so evil and look like nothing happened to you, look at what's going on in the world. They start a war. Killing thousands and look like nothing's happened. People are praying, look like nothing's happened. You see, some of those people that are rulers like that are doing so wickedness, they are reserved for a lake of fire. And that's why instant judgment is not coming upon them. But anyone that is a believer and fearing God, God may allow you to serve your instant punishment right here so that you can you can be escaped, you can escape hell and lake of fire. And you'll still be accepted in heaven if you have served your punishment right here. Now let's continue with this chapter. Telling the story of how Herod killed John the Baptist. 
Verse 30. Actually, verse 29. He said, When his disciples, the disciples of John, heard that he was, his head had been cut off, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in the tomb. Verse 30. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. Verse 31 says, And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. But there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure to so much as to eat. So that was revival indeed, because they had no time to eat, because people are coming and going, being prayed for and so on. So he wanted them to get to a desert place where they can rest for, for a while. Verse 32. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot, afoot thither out of all cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them. See the compassion of Christ again? Because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. The Lord was seeing that the crowd was just looking for him. They wanted to be taught. They wanted to hear. They wanted to be healed. Even though they were trying to go to a quiet place where, like a retreat, where they would be able to refresh themselves and not have a crowd anymore. But before they get there, people were already gathered there waiting. So he just had compassion on them and had to keep on teaching them. Verse 35. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place. And now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread. For they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And he said unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? I mean, we need at least 200 penny worth. 200 pennies. Which may not even be enough for them, but that's that much money we need to go and buy bread. And he answered and said, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, Five and two fishes, five loaves and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when they had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the bluffs and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments of the and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. And to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. Now this miracle, as it was reported by Apostle by Mark, the initial apostle, by Brother John Mark, is just told about how the miracle happened. But when you go to the Gospel of John, this is the same miracle that the Apostle John said when they saw when these five thousand people saw this miracle, they wanted to make him king. You see that in John chapter chapter six. So different most likely Mark was not there, was still reporting what he had later. Verse 46. 
And when he had sent them away, he departed unto a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and will have passed by them. Now he said, fourth watch. We, I believe they count the watch starting from 6 p.m. Because when you talk about the day, they say the, off, the third hour of the day will be from 6 a.m. 7, 8, 9 will be third hour. 10, 11, 12 will be sixth hour of the day. Now when you talk about the now, also you start from 6 p.m. They say fourth watch will have been 10 p.m. 7, 8, 9, 10. That's 10 p.m. in the night. So some people thought it's 4 a.m. No, it's 10 p.m. in the night. It's what we are talking about when they said the fourth watch of the night. And you could see that the boat was still over there. Maybe they just the candle of the boat. 10 p.m. You know, it's dark. But a boat that's on the lake have some light inside that boat. They could see, but they look like something is blowing them back. So he went towards them walking and he saw them toiling verse 48 toiling in ruin for the wind was contrary unto them and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them but when they saw him walking upon the sea they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out for they all saw him and were troubled and immediately he talked with them and said unto them be of good cheer it is I be not afraid. That's why I said this is the same story. When you go to the Gospel of John, chapter six, he, he walked. He walked upon this upon the lake to go and meet to go and meet the disciples upon the sea to go and meet the disciples. And it was the same story. I think it was Matthew or Luke that reported that it was that same story when Peter said, "If it be thou, come into come and meet you on the water." John didn't mention that Peter told him to come and. Told him to call on him to come on the water also. Now that is Mark say that yeah. See? But it was either Matthew or Luke when he reported he said that Peter said, Come, let me come unto you on the water, and he said, Come. And he, Peter walked on the water. Now wait, let's continue verse 51. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wonder. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was adding. So Mark simply said, he, walked, he went into the ship with them. The same way, John, Apostle John, when he wrote his own in John chapter 6, he said he went into the ship, but John put additional things, immediately he was in the ship, the ship was transported to the shore, which only John noticed. That it's like a bodily transportation of the whole ship and the whole crew to the shore, immediately. So that the others didn't notice that. They were still carried away by the fact that, hey, Peter, you walk upon the sea. Or, wow, the miracle of the bread. So that was how many people can be, can miss another miracle. So, but Apostle Mark, he just said, he went into the sea immediately. The seas, the, the wind ceased. Verse 53. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Genesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him and ran through that whole region, ran about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they had, where they had the walls. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets 
and besought him that they might touch if it were but the border of his garments. And as many as touched him were made whole. That was the revival that was break forth when Jessica was preaching about. People were flocking to touch him. And the Bible promised that there may be a mighty, there will be a mighty revival at the end of the world too, where God will come down again to manifest the sons of God. And because of the mighty anointing of God that will be resting upon the sons of God, people will be flocking to touch them too, just like seeing the another Jesus. But it's going to be hundreds of them, maybe about 44,000 all over the world, that the people will be flocking to just touch them because signs and miracles will be flowing from them. Like I said, virtue is coming out of him. Virtue be coming out of the sons of God to heal the multitude that are touching them. And that will occur before the end of the world. Before that will be what we close up the age when Christ comes in his sons, in his sins. And not going to, it's not going to be just one person. It's going to be multitudes of them all over the world that God is going to use as he sent for the mighty powerful revival. And that is what will be happening to people will line up to touch them. Like they were trying to touch Jesus Christ because they saw that something was coming out of his body to heal them. And that will happen again through the sons of God at the end of the world. It's called the manifestation of the sons of God in the book of Romans, chapter 8. You see that verse. So that's why they were doing the same thing when Christ was manifesting because it is the power, the life that is coming out of his body. It's called emanating from him was the anointing of God Almighty coming through his body to, into a garment to heal those that are touching him. And miracles will be wrought. And God is going to do the same, like I said, at the same time. We are waiting for this. Come, Lord Jesus, come and manifest your sons. And we are believing God that is going to use all of us that are, that, are, that are walking with him in the same time to do the same thing. Before he takes us away in the rapture. If you are a believer, expect this. The Lord is coming soon. God bless you. We continue this in chapter 7.